Hello, welcome to Soberish. Did I startle you? I am sort of already infatuated okay. with your music. <laughs> Isn't I've it got fun? Intro yeah. envy. You said you want to try psychedelics. That's the beginning. That's the beginning. You want to try Molly? Well, thank you for outing me on this <laughs> relatively private confession on the couch that we had sixty seconds ago. I hope I, my employers yeah. aren't listening to this podcast. Uh, me too. <laughs> I hope nobody's employers aren't listening. We can edit that out if you want. No, no, it's. A Okay, I'm. I mean, because genuinely, what I said and is the truth is, I'm very curious about yeah. psychedelics. This is uh, this is a great time to try psychedelics. We are here with Natalie Gray of the Gray Escape podcast. Do you know that I have promoted your podcast on so many other podcasts, oh. but called it Into the Gray? <laughs> oh, that's so very uncomfortable. But thank you for trying, <laughs> Jess. I said your name at least, so most people found it. Oh, but I'd... then it was well, it was some big podcast that I did it on because I got oh. a lot of messages. They were like, "Hey, just a heads up, it's called The Gray Escape," and I was like, oh. "I knew it was good wordplay with her last name." God damn it! I feel really conflicted on how to be grateful yeah. to you right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like my heart was in the right place, yeah. but my brain never is. Um, if you follow the Patreon of Mormon and the Meth Head, you heard an excellent episode where Natalie told her story. I can't remember if we ended up putting it, um, for a while we were taking Patreon episodes and putting them on the regular and yours was next. And then I think we discontinued that, but that's exciting because we have a lot of the same fans and I can't wait for them to hear your story. Um, soberish is uh, now that it hasn't been an addiction podcast since episode three or four, we talk a lot about aliens, consciousness, and um, guides and supernatural stuff. But something that has kind of happened, I've been doing readings, professional readings for the last few months. And what I have noticed is that the people that I tune into or that tune into me, my the a tribe that I belong to, are a bunch of very reluctant gods I who see. woke up kind of against their will, mm. you know? And so there's a lot of people who are like here to help the earth or whatever, but are you know, have spent their lives making fun of the New Age movement. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm eerily familiar with that. From having, I had a gallery, a fine art gallery from 2010 to 2012. And in the height of the recession, we showcased over 200 artists and I would write the bios with them. And I would openly say, if you have the word universe in your bio, Basically, that shit's gone, okay? (laughs) And crystals, like it would aggravate me to no end people coming in with their crystals drenched all over them. And, well, the universe is speaking to me. Like, how conceited are you? The universe is speaking to you. Oh, it doesn't have better things to do than speak to you, whether this is the right time for you to get your latte or whatever. And then I had my experience, and of course the first thing I'm doing is diving into research of crystals and the universe. So it was like a big, sick joke came back on me. God, it has really been that for me. It was that for me when I first woke up and was like, oh, this is the shit I hate. You know, At the time it was the shit I believed to be demonic because I thought I was a born again Christian. And then I have spent a lot of time shitting on the new age movement. <laughs> and then when Karen was like, why don't you do readings? I'm like, well, cause then I would have to completely admit how absolutely woo I am. Right, right. And then a week into readings, I was drowning in other people's energy and was like, how do I fix this? And the aliens were like, crystals i'm like fuck god damn it yeah they are again those crystals god right next thing you know i've got fucking bracelets on i'm wearing flowing skirts it's like god damn it you are in a flowy thing right now i can describe to your listeners very flowy have you got crystals on your wrist Mm -hmm. right Oh, yeah. she's, she's covered in crystals. <laughs> know, Absolutely so covered. I'm getting vibrations just from her attire tonight. Uh, will you tell your story? Sure, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, 
In a nutshell, um, I've always been a person with very low blood pressure, had quite a few fainty spells and out-and-out faints in my life. And in 2012, uh, in February, I happened to be at two different doctors, two different reasons. One was because I spontaneously had wanted to study martial arts. I became obsessed (laughs) with wanting to study like Shaolin martial arts. No kidding. I was obsessed with watching the movies and to be empowered. So I think I'll be sensible. I'll get just a checkup from the doctor. And the first thing he says is, you know, your blood pressure is crazy low, like dangerously low. You have to be really careful when you even stand up, which just about sums up my level of fitness (laughs) at the time was that was a workout standing up. And then a different doctor for some other random health check said this. He said to me, you shouldn't even be conscious right now. Oh my goodness. And so I just, because I've always had the low blood pressure and it kind of runs in my family, I just brushed it off. And I was like, well, honestly, I'm fine. You know, where's my nunchucks? So yeah. that's, you know, <laughs> I don't think Shaolin monks do not use nunchucks. <laughs> I don't think, I didn't get very far in the escapade because two weeks later, my blood pressure crashed in a total normal sort of a setting. I was uh, at a house in Malibu with my partner and uh, the gentleman whose house it was. And we were just sat around and we'd gone out for like uh, a burrito a few hours before. We sat chilling in Malibu and I'm aware of all the beauty around me. And I'm listening to them uh, talk about cars, which I'm not into cars, yeah. but they both are. And I start to feel really sick. And I didn't had no idea at the time how serious a thing was going to happen. I just started to feel unwell and slowly I thought, oh, I'm going to be sick. So I interrupted their car talk to say, <laughs> can, can someone help me to the restroom? I think I'm going to be sick. And I was already weak, woozy, fainting. I didn't even make it to the restroom. Luckily, didn't throw up. I just said, lie me down on the couch, put me on the couch. So they lay me down. Nobody knew what was happening, but none of us took it very seriously because you just kind of think, oh, she ate something. Yeah. We've been out for the burrito a few hours before. So I lie on the couch and then I go icy, icy cold. Now, unbeknownst to me, I figured out from my research that's when my blood pressure had really crashed. And basically, I was starting to go into that near-death limbo. My body was an absolute icicle in warm Malibu. My teeth were chattering and my partner said I went just the most horrible color. I find it fascinating, though, that none of us panicked. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> they... you were dead, but we, we had just gotten into the thing about the Corvette. And yes, the literally, they're on 69 Mustangs <laughs> and like nothing was going to break the flow there. So they put me a nice big blanket over me and they're, they're being very kind sort of watching over me while they talk about cars and my partner puts my little dog at my side which was immensely comforting to have my little dog at the side and I didn't know what was going on but I wasn't afraid and the next thing I know from the ice coldness is my body disappears and I'm just in this black sort of outer space void but all around me in front of me is this infinite grid of energy balls like a flawless lattice precision alignment no threads between them just these if you which I learned <laughs> what is a lattice as I'm looking up how do I describe this to people and that's how I learned okay it's a lattice so there's no connectees it's just dots where the sort of right angles will be and I'm in this grid not afraid very curious and I'm looking around so I look down where my body should be and it's gone but I look over my shoulder of course one of the first things is to see are they still here where or am I gone now right so I look over my shoulder and they're still in the living room so there's this break in my vision kind of like when in this will totally date me but when you used to record over VHS cassettes and you would record so many times you'd get a different image yeah and you'd see through so the feeling and I'll probably say feeling a lot because it was all in my body this sort of information the feeling I had was I was seeing when I looked in front of me I was seeing the behind the cassette recording, the original raw sort of data. And then when I looked over my shoulder, they were the recorded over layer that I was seeing. That's our reality. So I had just this sense of 
a bit of inner excitement that I was being given a glimpse of something very special, like I was being given a glimpse through the keyhole of the universe. That was this feeling through my body. And I felt completely calm, not panicked. And I started to talk totally without pauses or ums and ahs. And I just started to really comfortably talk. And the first thing I said was, everything is an illusion. It is all our perception of an infinite range of frequencies and vibrations. So that sentence came out. And then, <laughs> then I just went on for like a long time, probably 45 minutes. And they're listening, hanging on my every word, fortunately. And I kept breaking out of this, I guess, channeling something, whether it's was channeling myself, my higher self, or something else. That I don't know. But all I know is pure information was coming through me, kind of being decoded in me so that I could speak it, like a hosepipe of information. So I just was talking very calmly, though, saying all this information that was really profound stuff. And I would break out and say to them, will you please remember this? because I don't know if I'm going to remember this. Right. I thought I might suddenly, you know, have a shift in consciousness or fall asleep or wake up from whatever space I was in and just be blank. Now, luckily, that's not what happened. And I very promptly wrote down absolutely everything. And I have this 20,000-word document oh from, from the experience that day and also what I now refer to as the experience because it leaked over into my life for quite a long time afterwards. But while I was speaking this uh, information, I covered things, things like death, um, things like a biggie was sound. And that influenced my life for a, for a long time. I mean, it all influences my life to this day still. Yeah. But at the time, I plunged into very deep research for 16 months because it was so profound and life-changing. In my body, I could not deny this truth that had come through me that I absolutely recognized as truth that everything's an illusion. And and this is like no drugs. No, this is this is yeah. just like I guess the near death experience thing. So I did tons of research, and one of the, there was various strange things that happened afterwards. One of them was I was blowing out electrical things for a few days afterwards. Everything like hard drives, I mean, car batteries, lights all around my apartment, phones. People, it was ridiculous. People couldn't hear me on my cell phone, but I could pass it to my partner and they could hear him. Wow. It was like my voice was going invisible. It was really crazy stuff, you know. So when I researched, I mean, I was just hours and hours. It became a full-time job for a while, just Googling near-death experience and all the and energy balls and grid. And uh, I learned that this has happened before with people who've mm -hmm. had near-death experience. It's, yeah, They've, life uh, ascension symptoms is the lights will flicker when oh, you come right. in the room. Yeah. Right. Um, so, and then I was struck psychic, which I know you've had oodles of experience with, and it yeah. sounds like you continue to have that. I had it very strongly for five months, and then it shut down when my partner and I went back to the UK, which really says a lot about yeah. Heathrow Airport. <laughs> it's like I go in enlightened and then suddenly I'm like, my God, it's cloudy here. Was it a hard stop? Uh, pretty much, yeah. It literally was arriving back in England. Now, it did get rekindled a little bit. I think it was probably just the shock of travel and environment. Um, but I was crazy, crazy psychic right after this experience. Uh, people could ask me a question. And I ha I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I was able to do this psychic stuff. So I got a book. I think it's called You Are Psychic. And it's an <laughs> excellent book. I, I research because I'm a mad researcher and look at the reviews. And this book is really good. And it tells you how to sort of deal with your psychic energy and funnel it. And it boils down to that I think she had you sort of, you'd imagine a rose and let your eyes go blurry and maybe I evolved into my own technique. But mine's mine would be that I'd lie in the bath 
which I calculated the water. It's just like in minority report, the water was like a superconductor because I would be the most psychic lying in this big bathtub in Malibu. And um, so I'd in my mind's eye sort of watch this rose and then I'd just allow the vision to take over. So I could ask questions and whatever behavior the rose did would sort of answer my question. So all the leaves might fall off or it might shrivel up and die or it might blossom into more roses. Wow. So it would give me these yay or nays on questions, you know, which my my boyfriend's main thing was, am I going to sell my car? <laughs> so this all <laughs> this back. energy was really being channeled yeah. to a really higher purpose. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, there's so much to tell, so you can sort of jump in any time. So what to... year was this? Uh, this was 2012 in February. So it's seven and a half years ago now since this happened. Uh, when in 2012? Uh, uh, it was February, I believe it was February 23rd. And it's funny because I always thought for sure it was February 23rd. And then one day I looked at the calendar like a couple of years later and I thought that I might have made a mistake and it might have been the 24th. Interesting. Uh, but it was one of those two. So February 2012. So 2012 was a big uh, shift for us in our consciousness. We kind of up, like went up a level and then hung at that level for a long time and then we have recently leveled up again have you seen an increase or have you seen any of the channeled information that you got evidence of that coming true um yes i mean i followed the some of the things it told me which i think is useful for us all to kind of hear these words and then let our own little intuition guide us but i had an incredibly powerful message that music is the key and that sound can heal everything. And I wanted to go the scientific route. So the big thing I studied was sound healing. And I really committed to it when I was in the UK for sort of five years before coming back here. I studied sound healing in Glastonbury. I studied tuning forks, singing bowls. On my podcast, I interviewed two different sound scientists, one who has invented a gadget, for a better word, in Switzerland. And it's been approved by the equivalent of, uh, you know, the Swiss government that monitors medical stuff. And he heals people with sound frequencies. Wow. Yeah. So that was the really the big field that I was interested interested in that I got from the experience was everything is sound and all around us there are these waves and we're seeing such a tiny slither on that we call visible light but if you looked and that's what we see we see the part of the spectrum called visible light but if you look at what's available on that spectrum Maybe it goes miles and miles and miles. And NASA talks about this on their website. And I got this quote from NASA, that the part that we're seeing on this giant width, we're seeing the thickness of a soap bubble. Oh, wow. That's what we see. We're, if anyone else came down to humans, they'd say they're legally blind. I mean, we see so little of what is about frequency-wise that you would deem us legally blind. And the same with our hearing. And we know from animals that they hear vastly more large frequency ranges than us. We hear this tiny amount. So when I was in my experience, one of the things that I talked about and said was, and this is just coming out, but I said our bodies are very primitive. We think that they're very advanced, but our bodies are very primitive and we're still evolving and we're behind. We should already not even need words to communicate with exactly. each other. Yeah. We should just all know and sense everything that's going on and how people feel and emotions. So we're behind, but that's the way that it's heading is more and more of this sort of telepathic connectivity and real connection to everything and everyone. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty much what, um, like, my aliens, right after I did your podcast, I kind of gave this overview of the manifestation technique 
I had uh, worked on for years. And then immediately after that, I came across Reality Transurfing, which was an explanation of something that I hadn't been able to really articulate yet, which was these multiple timelines that I had been Mm. tuning into but couldn't didn't have language for. And I started tuning into those in 2017. And then in February, I think I did your podcast in January. In February, I got a channeling from, like I sat down and just did automatic writing from the aliens. And I got all these messages about 5D coming on board. Now, this is where we all plug into each other in the emotional realm. And so now everything, you can feel these energy exchanges and you can watch these energy exchanges and it's very overwhelming and it's largely blocked by our issues with love and intimacy because it's essentially, we have been, we were one consciousness and then we've lived all these lifetimes as separate consciousnesses. How many syllables is that? (laughs) And then we're trying to come together and we're blocked by all the things that have kept us separate, all of our defense mechanisms and stuff. So you got a lot of people that are hacking those programs and everything, but we all got that ability. Yes, I feel that. Not body language stuff, but you can see the energy exchange Mm. and you can feel the energy exchange. And a lot of what's happening with this connection, this, this signing on to this network that happened this year is now you've got... Uh, a real desire to isolate for a lot of people because a lot of people have really tapped into this gift and everyone is just kind of wants to be by themselves because we are way connected compared to how we used to. We're we're yeah. telepathically communicating like crazy. We're in every we're dr- like dreaming feels weird. I feel that the sort of uh, smog that separated us all is very rapidly thinning. Yeah. That's how I feel. Even all of the movements that are happening with women, yeah. you know, I mean, in my entire life, there's kind of more change happening in these last few years than I've seen in my whole life, yeah. decades, yep. you know. Um I feel that, uh, and a lot of people give flack to uh, sort of the millennials for being sensitive and everything. Maybe I too, even occasionally, may poke fun at yeah. the millennial, <laughs> but in good spirit. But I will say that I think it's good. I like millennials because they're really sensitive. Yeah. And it's just that a lot of people don't know how to cope with that. We're so used to this button down world and bottling up of emotions and being blind to cruelty. Yep. Which let's face it, we have for almost all eternity. And now there's this waking up to that on all levels, I feel like, with animal cruelty and children. There's there suddenly seems a lot more activity and people trying to change things for the better, which I think is a really good thing. But Absolutely. Of, of course you've got those those the rust on the pipes or like an earthquake when those plates shift. You've got the the friction of the old way of thinking and it is a very tangible friction and you hear it in people's words when they are saying like, oh, these young people, you know, but really when you look at it and go, well, what are these young people doing? They're trying to look out for each other. They're trying to protect one another. They're trying to not have bullying, not have persecution. So I can't, I can't really fault them there. You know, they come from a higher frequency. They come from a higher level of consciousness. I think we were supposed to be further along than this. And they arrive and they are tuned to this higher frequency and the dense earth, you know, X generation, we're built for trauma. We're really built. We are like, that's why it's such a short generation. We're built for that threshold. So we're wired for both. And you can kind of see how someone resonates with technology is a great allegory for how we are wired for old world, new world. So like old world technology, they don't get it because they're not for that. They're not calibrated for that. And then you've got the younger generations. They're just not built for this world to still be so fucked up, for it to still be so low density. And so it's just 
they are holding space and changing the world just with who they are. But yeah, they're sensitive. They're not, they weren't meant to come here and endure shit tons of trauma. That was supposed to be X generation. Like X generation was supposed to be the end of the uh, massive drama. I think we're roughly 10 years behind schedule as far as this awakening is supposed to be going. But now I think it's moving fast and we are getting there. It's really interesting you said the thing about sound because we talked about that. We've talked about that before on podcasts. But when I was waking up, there was something called uh, that the that I invented with the help of the aliens called virtual reality therapy. And the but I was on meth, so I was never actually going to invent anything. I was trying to do it with like a Winamp. But it was if we used light and sound, we could access people's traumatic memories and change the memories and then they would stop looping their trauma. Now, this was 2000 mm. and I didn't understand what I was saying or thinking because this is Kind of exactly what I, I think, do now. I think it happens yeah, too. Exactly. People do this. Therapy. Yeah. So I think some of the things that I worked with the aliens on, we were just <clears throat> pulling them out of the ether and, you know, pulling them out of the Akashic records. And then somebody else with, you know, a PhD actually invented them. But I have been using binaural beats and frequency stuff off of YouTube. To work on things, I have – I wanted to make sure that this got on the podcast. We've been talking a lot about vampires, a lot about people who have taken energy from yeah. you over your lifetime, parents, um, exes, people like this. There seems to be some type – and this comes up in readings a lot – some type of – Cookies, like from a computer, like some type of external hard drive, something that is left in the energy of their victims to where they are still feeding oh, after this, you've physically right. eliminated them. Ew. And so because they seem to have a psychic ability to know when their victims are ripe for the picking, you know, I n am close with someone who has a narcissistic ex who would just know when we were having a good weekend oh. and, you know, would come Spoiled. in and trigger him and take the energy. And so I saw something on a tarot video about the sacral chakra and things being left behind in that. And then it has come up a few times in reading. So I haven't quite developed the idea yet, but int intuitively I was like, listen to one of these sacral chakra. Are you familiar with these binaural beats? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Listen to one of these, get it open, imagine it open, um, take, take this out, whatever this looks like to you and then seal it. Something intuitively tells me that sealing is, isn't working, that there's something else that has to be done, but I haven't completely unpacked it yet. But I have, um, been having a lot of crown chakra stuff with all the downloads and all the reading people and stuff. Mm. I like pressure headaches and stabbing things. Do you get buzzy mm -hmm. feeling on top of the head? Yeah. yeah. Have you been getting a lot of that lately? Uh, not a lot lately. No, I, I have control over that, I'd say. But I get the buzzy head when yeah. I know I want to try and be a little bit intuitive. I get yeah. a little buzz on the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, mine's been crushing pain. I've had to cover it up. But I also have... Um, been going to sleep listening to crown chakra like healing videos i think it's just it's so mm. overloaded with all the channeling and everything else i get tons of third eye stuff um like tickles on the forehead right, and everything right tickles yes from the the telepathy are you experiencing a lot of telepathy no i would say oh, i mean i'm there's a lot of coincidences happening now i would say not to tele telepathy but I've been working so intensely on this job. There hasn't been a lot of downtime. So my life has changed. Okay. And it's strange for me. I'm writing on a project because there's trails of my experience and they still lurk. Even so, I mean, here we are seven and a half years. And, you know, last year I had the car accident and got the concussion. So that almost like it re-triggered it again. The concussion did yeah. something. It made me feel different and almost reconnected with those other things that were coming in. 
And funnily enough, because in the big experience, it was music is the key, sound can heal everything. And I had the concussion last year and became just obsessed with learning to play more music, like piano and write music. And I've been composing like piano pieces, wow. things that I would yeah, have never done. Yeah, you sent me done. something that was really good. Oh, thanks. Um, so, yes, I'm somewhat trapped in our reality by nature of the job, which I'm loving because it's super creative and I'm writing and creating and directing. It's sort of like a dream come true in this world. But I still am aware of these other more metaphysical things almost trying to permeate through and remind yeah. me, hey, you were on track with something. Like my podcast, I'm terrible consistency like <laughs> I mean the worst but I still I have such loyal listeners that seem now to just bear with me <laughs> and I'll be like this could be months before my next episode you know I mean I'm so bad one day I'd like to think I'll be able to do, uh, do more but the job is is quite intense um uh, just getting back to the energy you were saying about the vampires and stuff, it's interesting because you reminded me one of the many things that I touched on in the experience was about this and how that we all do have this sense and that we have to pay more attention to sort of listening to ourselves and feeling in our body when things are right and they're not right. And you feel if there's a person that drains your energy – I saw a visual in my experience. It literally, it was, everything was so primitive on the visu visuals, but I guess I was shown things that I could understand. So I literally saw the guy and girl image that you see on a washroom door. Okay. Those primitive little man and woman outlines. And they were comprised of basically what looked like black and white jelly beans filling their body. And the information, how it was coming out, and I, my words were then looking at that and I guess somehow decoding it, but very comfortably, that the message was, if you feel people are taking your energy you're absolutely right. Yes. Like, you're absolutely right. It's not a thing like, oh, is that real? Yes, it is. <laughs> People yes. will literally. And so I saw these figures with the black energy, like filling up and robbing the person's white energy with the white jelly beans and filling them up with black jelly beans. Yes, you yes. Know, and leaving them very depleted while they kind of had a battery charge yes. off of some unsuspecting person. So uh, that was a real thing. The thing that they leave behind is something that I keep forgetting to talk about. It's almost like a mosquito in that they leave that garbage behind, which then makes you itch. Mm. But the, the thing that it is, and I haven't gotten it completely figured out, but the thing that it is is they leave something behind, some type of trauma or programming or – because you had different kind of vampires. You got the vampire that just like feels sorry for themselves, like the energy transference where they just – like dump their shit on you and then you give them energy and then they leave. But the insidious ones, the ones that can feed long after they've left, the, the narcissistic parent, the abuser, is they plant a seed in you that they can just show up and flip a switch or trigger anytime. They can send a text and you will flood them and then they get the energy. Mm. And I haven't quite figured the whole thing out, but the, the fact that they leave something inside of you is a, is a big clue because they use what they leave behind. So I get in readings, people who have narcissistic parents, they leave behind a critical companion in the mind. So they leave behind a voice in the person's head mm -hmm. that when the person is trying to do something, I'm going to go after this job, that voice says, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Nobody is going to want to listen to you talk. And then the person releases energy. And I believe they release that energy straight back somehow. Wow. Release that energy straight back to that person, even if that person isn't still. Because, you know, there's cords. We're connected to everybody we've ever had sex with. We're, you know, there's a lot of stuff there if you haven't cleared it out. But that's really interesting. I want to know other stuff they said. Do you remember other? Um, well, see, it's interesting because you say they and I didn't feel it was a they. Uh and you, oh. you talk a lot about aliens 
and I feel the need to disclose that I don't feel I was in touch with aliens. Uh, it's still one of those things like it's a weird word for me to hear yeah. you talking about it, especially so casually. Can yeah. I just it's point out? It's kind of, I'm mostly being funny because okay. when people like back me into a corner to explain, because there are some people that channel, uh, you know, the Ashtar command or some shit. I don't, um, I believe it's just, us in the future that I talk oh, to. Oh, right. Okay. But well, that they, look, <laughs> they look like aliens. I see. It's, like without bodies. The, you know? the us in the future is so much more digestible. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's this lady you saying about people channeling, though. She's Her name's Dolores Cannon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with the convoluted universe, right? So she's one of the books that I cross paths with in the endless array of books and documentaries after mine. But she had done all these past life regressions and people had been ants in other lives. Yeah. And they were literally talking about, I mean... You know, the comedian mind kicks in. You can't help but smile. There's this woman going through something terribly traumatic that she'd been in an ant and like her little ant home had washed Aww. away. I know, but it's a bit, a little bit funny. Yeah. Right. And, uh, she, you know, she'd got an ant friend who'd washed away <laughs> on a raindrop. Like, yeah. you know. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. So I guess you can channel everything. But I feel, and who knows, maybe it's just me feeling that this is safe for me to think of it this way. But a lot of the learning that came my way afterwards, I would have psychics coming up to me on the street. And in Malibu, you cannot swing your arm yeah. without hitting a psychic, <laughs> right? But psychics were coming up to me and they were like, you've got loads of psychic energy floating over your head and you need to learn to do something with it. It's mm -hmm. going to be really unhealthy for you. So, uh, but m so many you were saying this because at first I was like, God, these people, I suppose she wants to charge yeah. <laughs> me, you know, some hourly fee to help me unpackage this energy. But sure enough, things did cross my path and I did start to unlock the, the psychic energy, you know. Um, and then the, the big thing that people would say is you've been in touch with your higher self. And different people said that and it felt comfortable and real for me that I thought, yeah, I think that is what happened. It it was this knowledge that we all have, this right. higher self that's so much more clever than us <laughs> trapped in this body. I mean, if only we were constantly in touch with our higher self, yep. we would never feel jealousy. We wouldn't be doing stupid things of comparing ourselves with other people. We would never want to hurt another person, you know, but we're trapped for the most part off of this higher self. Um, I'm, I'm a big sort of believer that a lot of intelligence is in our body, in the middle of our body. Like if you put your hand on your tummy and above your navel, and this is only just intuitively, but I feel a lot of guidance is available yeah. for you there. Trust and there's, your gut. Yeah, there's reasons where these expressions have come from. Trust your gut. And so much, you know, because of researching so much to do with the sound, uh, we say all these things. The clues are in the language we already use, but we've forgotten the original meaning yes, of it. I got that so much when yes, I woke up. We say it struck a chord. I got a bad vibe. We, we have all these sound things. Contractors even tap their knuckles on a wooden frame and will say, is it sound? And yeah. we, just, we just accept that. They're knocking on a solid surface saying, is it sound? Yes, it is sound. That's exactly what it is. Everything is sound. Yeah. Um, there's a scientist, John Stuart Reed, and I interviewed him years ago, uh, early on in my podcast. He's in the UK in the Lake District, leading pioneer in somatics, which is the art of uh, art and science of making sound visible. And you've probably seen them. They're all over YouTube. You can watch them. If you look up cymatics, it's with a C-Y-M attics. And they have a metal plate with some sand sprinkled on it. And usually they will take a violin bow and bow it on the plate. And the sand before your very eyes will go from random chaos to a perfectly 
beautiful symmetrical pattern. Wow. And as they change the frequency of the sound, maybe they start and they make it higher. The pattern shifts and becomes more and more refined until it's practically, I mean, this wondrous mosaic of art. So I was researching all this stuff because of all this sound messages that I'd got in my experience. And then I start to look at ancient buildings and churches in the UK. They have these same symbols built into their architecture. So then I'm putting two and two together like ancient people knew way more than we did about sound. They knew something, a knowledge that we don't deal with now in our culture. Somehow that's why they had buildings, important structures with symbols of certain frequencies. Frequencies, yeah. And you can match them up. You can match up these sacred symbols in churches with patterns made in sand with cymatics. And it's it's crazy fascinating stuff. Ah, oh, this is just making me think about how I was saying... Um the younger generations come from a higher frequency. Because that's the thing, the the frequency of the earth is changing. And that's all the sound, right? And there is something on, I follow a 5D page on Instagram. I'm going to fuck this up. But there is something (laughs) that tracks the frequency of the planet. And it's been getting these crazy spikes. And I've been trying to figure out when the split happens. Because there is a point. This gets pretty woo. But there (laughs) is a point between the 5D coming online and 6D coming online. Which I'm already getting 60 messages. I think we're fully anchored in a 5D this time next year. And then then 60 comes on. What 60? This sounds like something coming to Best Buy. 60 is, that's a good point. Yeah. So 5D is emotional energy, water energy, and we connect. 60 is really about the creation of the new world where everyone does the thing that they, they, they're bringing to the collective. I would imagine your thing is probably sound, uh, music. Um, frequency healing, stuff like this. So as soon as people get done with their 5D, whatever their 5D work is, and they're fully operating in that, and we are anchored, 6D comes pretty quick because the 60, the people wired to bring things to 60 are already like, oh, I'm supposed to, I like a therapist that is supposed to that is supposed to bring like psychedelics into therapy because everything changes. We become, our bodies become more free. They become the light body. Did you come across that in your research? I mean, the term, yes, yeah. a lot. The light so body. our bodies stop being carbon-based, like dense life form that diseases and, and dies and, and decays. And it becomes, which is exciting for uh, those of us that are ready to switch up, they uh, become crystalline light bodies. And so they become, rather than carbon-based, they're crystal-based. And I don't know, you didn't get anything on that. I, I, I saw them. I saw I saw light bodies in yeah. the experience. Uh, it felt like I was going down uh, elevator levels. And so I went from where the people were with the body as we look at, and then I saw people... And I knew they were people, but they were just sort of beams of energy. Yeah. Like kind of elongated blobs of beautiful colors. Yeah. And there was one uh, that was, and it kind of made me cry because I was very closed off to this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, because it is kind of nutty. I'm yeah. the first one to say <laughs> what we're talking about, especially you, young lady, <laughs> is extremely nutty. Um But the one was just pure white light. And I just, I'd never felt this sort of pureness of somebody that could be so pure and made of goodness and love. It was so rare and it sort of really caught me off guard and choked me up. And I was just only passing by ever so briefly on my little elevator ride. Those are our 8D bodies. I don't think we get those. So first we get, yeah. Oh, we're going back to 12, baby. Whoa. Um. The 5D body, the 6D body that's coming in is like beta testing right now. So put a pin in this. But (laughs) if sometimes your body looks different, it feels lighter, things that you don't like about it, like 
won't necessarily be there. You have to, if you squint and go like, where did that wrinkle go? And then you can make it come back. But when you first look at your face, it's not there. Or you sleep less and eat less, but like you need less sleep. You don't need it. Hmm. And you need less food. And the the food that you want is different. Mm. That's the other body. So we're be- we're beta testing in and out of it, but it's all seamless, so you don't know. So I know that that sounds crazy. Well, you say it sounds crazy, but now here's where I'll come back on board with you. <laughs> I feel I might be going through one of these beta tests <laughs> because I've had long hair for my whole life. And the last time I got a haircut was for the Queen's Jubilee in England in 1977. (laughs) And I was a little girl and my mum and I got us matching haircuts, which is crazy adorable thing to do for the queen. I'm sure she cared that we got matching haircuts. But um, so I've had long hair ever since. And when I got that concussion last year, it was it felt weird in my body I didn't want long hair anymore. And this is very strange. I literally went and got wigs, short head wigs that were bobs. Oh, and, wow. and I put them on to, just to feel how I felt I should be feeling with not the long hair. And finally, just recently, your listeners can't see, but I've got a chopped to my chin, very blunt haircut, which is extreme for me, given that I've never had such a haircut. I was going to say you changed avatars. I I fully changed avatars in my appearance, but this feels very comfortable for me now. But it was like a light switch from the concussion that was. And even from being in comedy for 20 years, got the concussion, it was like a switch to music. And my partner pointed out to me, At the time when I had my experience and I had this message, music is the key, sound can heal heal everything, I assumed it was on like a global level and that somehow my task was to spread the word about sound healing and music was the key. I mean, literally in the experience, it felt like, which I learned was very John Lennon-ish, that music could bring about peace. It's a a, a great uniting force. But then when I had the concussion and then I was like obsessed with writing poetry and making them into songs, all of a sudden the experience came back tapping on my shoulder. Music is the key. And suddenly it was a bit of an aha moment. My partner was like, maybe because he was there for the experience. And he said, maybe when you heard that, you got the message, music is the key. It meant for you personally, music is the key. You assumed it was global but perhaps it's for you music is the key and from that it will have an outpouring that might help other people um but i've been very prolifically writing songs for sure when did you cut your hair uh oh my gosh Oh, I think it was just over four weeks ago. It's pretty recent. Interesting. So at the beginning of the year, the aliens were like, go buy new clothes. I'm someone who wears the same outfit. I just have like 10 of the same outfit. I wear it like a uniform. And then I have giant curly (laughs) long hair. It's been my avatar for a long time. And they were like, go buy new clothes, go buy new clothes, go buy new clothes. And uh, it's, I have a really difficult body type. And it was I was looking for a different type of clothes. They were uh, apparently like, bitch, go buy flowy skirts. And uh, something happened. All my hair fell out. Oh, too gosh. short. I was putting baking soda in it and I was in the um, shower, which is not the first time I did it. That's how I made it so like giant and full and just handfuls of my hair (gasps) were coming out. And my hair is like the best thing I have. Right. And I was traumatized. Oh, wow. And then afterwards it wouldn't. uh, So then I had just short, like big curls. And then in February, when I did the channeling while on ecstasy, they are on Molly. They were like, we had to do that to your hair. Sorry, we're trying to change your avatar wow. and you're resisting it. Please go buy the fucking clothes. Wow. And I, uh, it took me forever. And so then my hair stopped curling. And so now I have this. It, I look like I've been uh, uh, without a home for a couple months no, tonight. It's but pretty. It's like short and it's uh, like straight and this very like new feminine wow. avatar took over and um 
this isn't the I don't think this is the 5D body. This is the one that eats food and, and sleeps more. But <laughs> it, it's weird. It's like in and out, which they said that in February mm. because we've never done this. We've never transmuted our physical bodies before. So that sounds crazy, but I'm. it's like uh, I'm just ahead of my time. I think in two years, everyone's going to be like, oh, shit. Remember when we had those carbon bodies? But another way to tell if you've got the new body is like the aches and the pains and the, the dysfunction of the old body goes away. So I have like IBS. And when the new body is here, I can't feel my joint. Like my joints don't hurt and I don't have IBS. Wow. And then uh, and then a couple weeks ago and then it'll be back to the old fucked up body Mm. for a little bit because I guess we're like bringing it on and off and calibrating and then it goes away again. So I don't really understand anything about that, how my body is. I don't. I think until we have the full picture of exactly what consciousness is and what this virtual reality is, we won't really understand how our physical bodies are changing because we still feel very attached to them as us. But I think it's probably not that big of a deal. But um, something interesting that you said about the music is the answer for you. Uh, the things that we heal and hack, my understanding Um, according to the aliens, which are probably just us in the future, Um, (laughs) the things that we heal or like hack, like the old programming from the old, like difficult world that we heal within ourself heals it for everyone else. Like if you hit a... Right, holographic stuff. Yes, yes. Oh, now are you talking Oh, hell yeah, let's do it. Holographic stuff. I mean, that's the biggie that that's... It's the holographic thing. Every part contains the whole. And somehow there's a truth in this. And it's a huge thing that I felt after the experience. And now still I've got the the echo of it in me that I know there's truth to it. Everything that we judge in the world, we contain a part of this. Yes. Every horrible thing. You know, the vilest thing to do with people and animals, the vilest thing, there's a small component or maybe not so small, something of it is vibrating in us and we have to fix it in ourself. And we, by fixing ourselves, we're like a massive ink drop that can spread wide and far to make a change, but it has to be within ourselves first. Yes. But it's very interesting, all of these these single consciousnesses beating this game so that the collective, you know, because it has to be so many people. I don't know the math of it or whatever, but so many people beat a, mm, a level and right. then everyone kind of gets a level up, which is kind of how you see society grow. Like you mm. just see these things change. So gender was a big construct right it was a big construct that so many people had to like rise above and redefine and change and then everyone just kind of levels up to that new consciousness if that makes sense it's Um, if i'm sort of getting what you're saying as well my take on it is and it's very very hard but to make the real change uh, that's at a personal level what we're saying, like the holographic universe where you change it in yourself and it affects the whole entire world. What's difficult is it's you overriding your own ego. Yeah. So, and it can be as simple as in your car, road rage, and you want to get angry at the person in front of you. And what and what's hard, but this is part of if you can do it, you're starting to get it. If you can flip that emotion from thinking, get out of my way, you know, you idiot. And if you can in a moment somehow let that vile energy dissipate and think this person probably has really good reasons they're going slow and and somehow be compassionate. Yeah. That's a key into that. That's how I feel. Like on a really simple level, it's those moments where you feel those vile energies, which we have all the time from technology letting us down. I mean, computers freezing, things breaking. Traffic is a huge one. And all those times we're triggered to be angry. If we can hack our own responses, I think that those are the beginnings of some major change. Yeah. Well, I mean... From this perspective, that person's you. And the idea that 
that you and that person are separate is an illusion created mm. by this game. And that's that unconditional love. That's that unconditional love that everything that we hate, everything that we fight against, everything that we feel separate from is in all actuality us. Mm. But that sounds like hippy dippy bullshit. Uh, until you really get into it, you really and you really have to do that via the anger, via the pain, via the feelings, via the trauma, via the triggering, in order to kind of clear all that shit out. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of dumb hippie words, you know. And fuck those people, honestly, with the flowing skirts <laughs> and the crystals. You're wearing flowing skirts <laughs> and crystals. Damn it! Where can people find you? I don't know if it's been. Are you going to say my website wrong again? <laughs> into the gray. <laughs> it's not into the gray. Um, the podcast is called The Gray Escape. Uh, That's right. And it's just my name, which is spelt with an A, gray, G-R-A-Y. And the website for that is thegrayescape.com. Um, but you don't even have to go to the website. Uh, you can literally just find the podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, you know, iTunes and Stitcher and all those things iHeartRadio. I think it's yeah. literally everywhere. <laughs> uh, social media stuff or no? Um, I've got a Facebook page, which is, again, just The Grey Escape. Um, yeah, I think that that's all I've got for the podcast. Okay. And then um, my music, I guess, if people want to check that out, um, I have an alias. I've created my own a oh. avatar. Because of doing comedy for so long, I thought, gosh, if I start doing music under my own, under the name Natalie Gray, people will be like, oh, what's she doing now? Are these going to be comedy songs? I feel that way about my tarot channel. Not right. that I've been doing comedy so long, but just that, like, I don't want people to see meth pee and then come see me do right. twin flame love readings. Well, this is where uh, an alias is good and, as I've learned, is perfectly acceptable in the oh. music and entertainment industry. So my alias for songwriting is Blue Brio. My only uh, social media presence is Instagram, and it's blue.brio. And I put a lot of thought into this name. I came up with it um, because I have this sense of music healing, whatever capacity, and blue for me in my crystals, the blue one is the one I find very calming Ooh. and healing, like agate. Mm -hmm. So calming. And I thought, well, blue's really a healing color. Also, I'm told by all these psychics and yogis and people like you that uh, blue is the color of the throat chakra. Yep. So it's communication. So you've got then healing and com communication in the word blue. Brio, I knew I wanted a musical term for the surname, and I looked up B, and Brio means with life and vivacity to play the music. So the name Blue Brio literally means to heal and communicate and bring life. And I thought just those two words. Powerful. They're powerful yeah. to read them, to say them. So uh, on my own website, which is nataliegray.com, there's a music link and the, the songs are there, but they're also, there's a link on Instagram to them as well. And I've got a conspiracy song. So You've got yeah, a that's the one song. you heard was in my head, in I my love head. Yeah. It. So please follow, listen to uh, her music, check out her podcast every other month. Um, <laughs> every other year. <laughs> Uh, if you want a reading, go to jessery.com. You can find this podcast, not that there's a reason to do that, at Soberish Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Jessereed Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. You can join the Soberish Facebook group, Soberish Podcast. Just please put something so that we know that you're a podcast fan when you sign up because uh on the mormon and the meth head one people just try to join the group to talk about meth or sell meth or something and we get a similar thing with soberish so <laughs> do that speaking of mormon and the meth head if you haven't already started go start at the beginning of mormon and the meth head that is a great place to learn about uh, emotional clearing and the mental health side of the awakening and it's also way funnier than this podcast anyway uh, thanks for being here and we'll see you next week